tonight, but I want to share a testimony before we get going. Um, just as we were singing that last song too, it just kind of struck me. His grace is enough for us. You know, oftentimes um, God puts us in situations that we have no clue we're going to be in. And then when we get there, it's like all of a sudden it's kind of revealed and you're going, oh, okay, this is why I'm here. Um, this has been a crazy kind of week. It's, it, it's one of those weeks that I decided probably Sunday afternoon, I think we got to do something different on Thursday night because my week is going to get so crazy that I don't know if I'm going to have time to study for Thursday night. And so uh, on Monday, we usually go on bike rides and stuff. And this time Jim tagged along with us because he had the day off. And so I said, hey, Jim, be ready for Thursday night because I think we might do something different. Well, I knew that my week was going to be like nuts. I was going to have to go down the hill a couple couple times to go take my mom to a doctor's appointment and then have some appointments leading up into the evenings here. And then Thursday, I had found out last Friday that my sister's mother-in-law had passed away and they were going to do the memorial today. And I thought, well, me and my wife are going to go down there and and then I, I have a memorial that I'm doing on Saturday morning. And then there's a memorial here a little later that Pastor Gary's going to be doing. And so I wanted to be here. And then next Wednesday, I have another memorial that I'm doing. And, and so, you know, it's, it, you know, so today I thought, well, we're just going to go and be there with my sister and her family and their family. And, you know, they've been, my sister's been married to Richard for 33 years so this lady's been part of my life for all that time. So we go down there, and it's a Catholic thing, but it's at the graveside only. And so we're there, and just being there with the family. And uh, my brother-in-law comes up to me, because it was kind of lingering. He says, hey, uh, the deacon, the one that's supposed to come and do this, is not here. And he's not going to be here. Or they're trying to figure out where he's at. And he's kind of like a layman for the Catholic Church that was supposed to come and do this thing. And so he says, uh, can you do it? And I'm thinking, um, I don't even have my Bible. You know, I don't carry it with me all the time. But I'm thinking, uh, well, yeah, of course. I go, um, yeah. And then my wife says, I have I have a Bible in the car. And I was like, Done. I said, absolutely, man, we'll do this. And so, you know, I don't know what you guys think of me, but I get scared, just like anybody else. It's like, just because I have a pastor's, you know, name, it's like, I know I'm going to probably be asked to pray for the meal wherever I go. Um, I understand that. But it's like, hey, I'm going to, as a participant, to go to this memorial thing, this funeral thing, and I just want to be like the rest of my family and just be there. And it's so funny because they're, you know, of all my family, that's the most Catholic of all of them. And so it was kind of a blessing, you know, and his grace is sufficient. You know, he puts us in situations sometimes that it's like, well, I don't have my notes. You know, I, I, need, I need a security blanket. But you know what? The Lord said, do it. You're going to do it. And so it was a shortened version than what I normally do. I've done a lot, a lot of funerals, which is unfortunate, but it's also a blessing for me. I count it one of my biggest privileges to be able to to do memorial services and stuff. And so to be put in that situation last minute, off the cuff, and it's like, okay, Lord, you knew why it was coming. I thought it was just going to be here for my family, and I was for all the family. And so what a blessing. I, I just want to give glory to the Lord because 
His grace is enough. And when we're resting in Him, and when we know what He has called us to do, especially to be ready in season, out of season, when you think you're just going to be a participant. Because honestly, most of the time when me and my wife are leaving um, to go anywhere, it's like, Lord, use us. Especially when we're going to be around our family. It's like, Lord, open doors for us. <laughs> and this one was like wide open. And I'm like, right on, Lord, right on. And so if you ever have a testimony like that that you want to share, hit me up before the service and uh, um, I'll give you an opportunity to come and share a testimony. Because again, I love hearing testimonies of what God's doing in your life because he's not only working in my life. I know that. And I know some of you guys, man, it's like, man, I, I need to share this or I don't want to share this. But God's going, hey, I want the glory here, man. And so whenever God lays it on your heart that you need to share a testimony, and um, I want to see how the Lord works in that, you know, because we've given people opportunities. I was just looking at Wendy over there one time when I told her, yeah, you got about 15 minutes to do it. And she took like 45. Um, but you know what? It was awesome. It was, it was amazing because you let a lady talk. I mean, she'll go on and on and on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, sister. <laughs> Look, at, I got myself in trouble earlier with some of the ladies in the, prayer, in the worship team. But be that as it may. I'm probably the biggest talker of all you guys. But anyways, um, I, I just think testimonies are important. They really are because they're to, to give God the glory. So what I want to do tonight is kind of go into the, the book of Psalms. And as I was thinking about, Lord, what, what, do, you want, what do you want for tonight? You know, I, I don't know exactly what you want, but I, I, I think you're leading me into the Psalms. And I'm in like Psalm 40 or 70 something in my Psalm reading. Um, as I've encouraged the church, I'm in. Um, well, let me see. I'll tell you where I'm bouncing that. Psalm 79. But as I was praying, I, I just kind of went back. And one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 34. And as I was going over to Psalm 34, because I know what it says and I love it dearly. The Lord just kind of led me to Psalm 32 instead. Yeah, let's just, just turn one more page and you'll get that. And as I started reading Psalms, and, and the Lord had laid on my heart to, to share communion tonight and, and just kind of spend some time in prayer in communion like we sometimes do on Thursday nights. If you're not familiar with Thursday night communion, it's just different than we do on Sunday mornings. We, everybody prays, you know, or whoever wants to, but... So I knew that the Lord was kind of leading us to do some communion and just spend some time with Jesus. And um, and so I, I barely gave Jim where we're going to be at, but I don't know when he picks the songs, but I'm not kidding you, man. Every worship song to me is I'm, I'm, I'm you know, we're practicing earlier and just kind of worshiping. I'm going, man, Lord, that's all we want to do. I, that's all I want to do tonight is worship you and honor you. And just look to you, you know. And, and the Psalms is, is one of those places where it just speaks to our hearts from David, you know, who, who went through so much in his life and the things that he, he dealt with in his life. And, and yet there is encouragement that comes from this man's life as he shares his life with us um, through Psalms. And so I want to read Psalm 32 and 33 tonight probably do a little bit more commentary on on, cha on, on, on chapter 20, uh, 32 
But as I was reading Psalm 32 and, and just kind of reading it in the Amplified Bible, I thought, man, I, I, I want to read it to you through the Amplified as well. And so we'll read it twice at least. But in, in Psalm 32, on the top, it's, it says the blessedness of forgiveness. Especially as we're going to partake in communion. The blessedness of forgiveness. The fact that we are forgiven. And it's all because of who and what Jesus has done that we are able to be forgiven. And as I was contemplating, you know, when the Lord came into my life and, and, and then learning how in Christ we're a new creation, old things are passed away, behold, everything becomes new. And that only happens because of, of what Jesus has already done and so when, when I remember as a young man and not knowing very much about the Bible or anything, I remember praying a prayer, a simple little prayer with a guy from work and asking for forgiveness. And I'm not this super spiritual kind of guy, nor was I then, <laughs> that I just felt this, you know, but I just knew something had happened. And I think for the first time in my life, I really realized that God truly did love me and that he had forgiven me of everything. And I never understood that before, you know? I never understood what it meant to be forgiven. But it just, as I was contemplating these psalms and the time to, for tonight to just spend with the Lord and just to, to just read over a psalms and a couple psalms and, and just kind of go through it, God, man, Lord, thank you for forgiving me for everything I've ever done, past, present, and even future. And in Psalm 32, there's three times in particular that there's a word that is, uh, is Selah. It's in verse 4, verse 5, and verse 7. And it's not to be pronounced per se, but it's a musical note in, in the book of Psalms, that when you come to it, you linger. You, you, you kind of meditate. It, it, it means to meditate. Um, it, it means to take a moment and think about what you just read. And so when we're going through Psalms here, I'm say say law, but when I read it out of the Amplified, I want to I share it with you, how it says it in the, the Amplified. But let's just read it through, and then I kind of want to go back and just kind of touch on it. Verse 1 of chapter 32 of Psalms. It says, Blessed is he whose transgressions, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Through my groaning all the day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my vitality was turned into drought of, of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone 
who is godly shall pray to you. In a time when you may be found, surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with the song of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you in, with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. The song of, of, of blessedness, of, of, of forgiveness. I, I, I love the way that, that he starts off by, by just, just acknowledging the fact that when your sins are forgiven... <laughs> Man, it just, it just, there's something that happens when you realize that your sins are covered, done away with. There's a freedom that comes into our lives when we understand finally that we are clean, that we can stand before God, that we can have this righteousness that's not of our own, but His righteousness because He's imputed His righteousness into our lives. He, he's... He's taken what was in our account and he took it out of our account and he put the righteousness of God in my account. And so every time he opens up your file, if you're a believer, he doesn't see who you used to be or who you are now. He sees the righteousness of God because it's been imputed into your account. He has taken away the the, 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 the iniquity, the transgression, the sin, and he has covered it or put in there God's righteousness, his righteousness. He says in verse 3, when, when I kept silent, when I, when I didn't come to you, Lord, I, I, my bones, they just kind of grew old. There's, there's this pain that comes when we are like sulking in our sin and, 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 and not, not realizing that we have totally been forgiven. But as I look at this too, I'm thinking, you know, this, oftentimes there's sin in our life because we're not forgiving. You know, we've been forgiven so much, but we're not giving that out to people. And it can make you old. <laughs> it can just wither you because you, you have this resentment towards others. And I feel like, man, if you know how much you have been forgiven... You know you. <laughs> you know how much you sin. Past, present, future. I mean, you might not know the future, but you know you're probably going to sin. To realize, man, God has forgiven. Who are we to not forgive? We dry up like the drought of summer. And then he says in verse 5, when, when, when I acknowledge my sin to you, my iniquity have I not hidden. 
I confess my transgressions, you will forgive my iniquity. There's something about confessing, guys. And, and I don't know how it's going to roll tonight when we get into communion. Because, again, man, I want it to linger. I want it, I do, I, I'm, we're not just going to pass it out, have communion, play a song, boom, let's get done. We're going to spend some time in prayer. And I don't know if that's the time for you while you're holding the, the bread or you're holding the, the cup where you confess your sin to God and, and, and you thank Him for what He has done because on the cross, He took all our sin, every last one of our sins on the cross. And, 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 and to just be able to, to spend time in worship and in honor and just ask, Lord, here I am. Forgive me. Man. He forgives. Verse 6 where he says, For this cause everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. What a perfect time for us where, where we have gathered together corporately as brothers and sisters. And if you're not a Christian tonight, what a great opportunity that God has brought you here so you can ask Jesus in your life so that you can pray and ask for forgiveness and join in with, one, with, with us as a family. Because he is to be found. And the floodwaters will come in and they were just around us. He is our hiding place. He is the place that we run to when we're in trouble. Because He hears us and, and He surrounds us and delivers us. And I love that in verse 8, God begins to answer. God answers the psalmist, David. After going through all that he's confessed and, and brought before the Lord and he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Don't be like the horse or the mule <laughs> who have no understanding. They need, they need something in their mouth, a bit and a bridle to be able to, to do something. He says, many sorrows shall come upon the wicked but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Let me read this psalm through the Amplified. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is he who has forgiveness of his transgressions continually ex exercised upon him whose sin is forgiven. Verse 2. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. In verse 3. When I kept silent before I confessed, my bones wasted away through my groaning all the day long. Verse 4, for day and night your hand of displeasure was heavy upon me and my moisture was turned into the drought of summer. Selah. Pause and calmly think of that. 
man, to, to, to meditate on that fact. He says, pause here. Calmly think about that. The fact that, that He has called you blessed, He has called you happy and, and fortunate and to be envied because you have been forgiven. Every, every transgression has been forgiven and, and the transgressions that will come continually, He exercises forgiveness upon you. He covers your sin. Now, I don't know how you feel when you think about that, that He covers your sin continually. He died on the cross once, but His blood continues to forgive us every day. If you think about just how many times you sinned, in one day. Whether you meant to or not. I, I, I love the fact that Jesus even says, man, if you ever even look on a woman you've sinned, if you've called somebody stupid or, or a fool you've sinned, when, when, you know, you may have not murdered them or done it physically, but even thinking and you're going, man, I can't get away from it. And then James says, man, if you know to do right and you don't do it, you've sinned. And it's almost like you can't get away. You can't get away from sinning. As much as we want to be sinless, we can't be sinless. And so think about all the times that you sin just in one day. And he says, I will cover them. Can you imagine how many sins are represented here tonight? What are there, 50 people or so? How many sins are represented? And every one of those sins is, is, is covered by the blood. We're just talking about today. We weren't talking about yesterday or a week ago or for the last year, how many times? Wow. And every sin. And he says, Man, you're blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied because the Lord does not impute iniquity. And it's interesting because he looks at you and he says, There is no deceit. Not because of you, because of him. <laughs> he says, when I kept silent, when I didn't confess all these things, my bones within me, they groaned all day long. For night and day, <laughs> your hand of displeasure was heavy upon me. You felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he says, he uses the word vitality over here in, in the New King James, but in the, in the Amplified, he says, my moisture the vigor, what, what, what I have, it, it just dried up. He says, think about this. And then in verse 5, he says, I acknowledge my sin to you in the Amplified. I, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord continually unfolding the past till all is told that you instantly forgave me, then you instantly forgave me the guilt and iniquity of my sin. Selah. Pause and calmly think of that. <laughs> think about that. When you acknowledge your sin and your iniquity, when you confess until all has been told, Instantly, he forgives your guilt. Instantly, he takes it away and covers it. 
And he says, my blood's done. My, my blood has already been shed for that. I've taken the beating for you. You don't need it. I'll take it. And so we're to pause and think about that. In verse 6, in the Amplified, he says, For this forgiveness, let everyone who is godly pray. Pray to you in the time when you may be found. Surely when the great waters of trials overflow, they shall not reach the Spirit in him. Verse 7, You are my hiding place, or you are a hiding place for me. You, Lord, preserve me from trouble. You surround me with the songs and shouts of deliverance. Selah. Pause and calmly think about that. The fact that we can come and hide and and be preserved in the time of trouble. And you surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. You've been delivered, people. (laughs) You've been delivered from your sin. This is why whenever you do sin, you're to come to Him immediately. Don't let your bones wax cold with unconfessed sin. I know sometimes we just generalize it. It's like, Lord, just forgive me of all my sins. But you know, there's times that He truly wants us to come into His presence and say, Lord, this this, this is where I'm at right here. Boom, boom. Let me lay it out before you. Because we're, we're good at, at generalizing our sin. But there's times that, no, nah, He just wants to hear everything. He knows it, but He wants to hear it from your lips into His ears. And He will forgive and He will deliver. And verse 8 says, I, the Lord, will instruct you, teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my with my eye upon you. Do not be or be not like the horse or the mule, which lacks understanding, which must have in their mouth held firm with bit and bridle, or else they will not come with you. Verse 10. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in, relies on, and confidently leans on the Lord shall be compassed about with mercy and with loving kindness. Verse 11, be glad in the Lord and rejoice. You uncompromisingly righteous, you who are upright and stand and right and in right standing with him, shout for joy. All you upright in heart, shout for joy. As we were singing that last song, it was upbeat, it was moving, it was like, man, yes. I loved it. Because we are to shout for joy. If you turn over to, to chapter 33, I just want to read through that, and then we'll enter into a time of communion says, Rejoice in the Lord, you, all, O you righteous. For praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to Him with a string instrument, uh, with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully 
with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right. And all who work is done in truth. And in and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters in the, uh, of the sea together in a heap or vessel. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear, fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever and the plans of his heart to all generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven and sees all the sons of men. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. No king will be is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. The horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by his great strength. Verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Verse 20, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Guys, we're going to pass out the bread in just a little bit. Worship team will play a song and and when we, we, you know, some of you guys may be fairly new to Thursday nights. Just hold the bread. And I'll probably ask one of you guys to start us off in prayer. And we're just going to pray for the, for, f- be thankful for the bread. We're not going to pray for Aunt Martha. We're not going to pray for the world. We're not going to pray for anything except be thankful for what Jesus has done. And if you need to confess your sin as you're praying, you confess your sin and you move on. But we're not going to pray for other people right now. We're just going to worship Jesus in communion. And so you just hold the cup. And if if you're thinking like, man, I hope he doesn't call on me, I'll probably call on you to open up in prayer. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't know who I'm going to call on. But be that as it may. But maybe you're here and you're going, man, I've never prayed out loud. What an awesome opportunity because all you have to do is just thank Jesus for what he's done in your life. That's all you got to praise him for. That's all you're going to do. That doesn't have to be eloquent. You don't have to do it for an hour. You just pray a simple little prayer. 
I want to encourage you because this is a great place to pray out loud. And then we're going to, after, after I think we're done, I will close this off and then we will partake of the bread and then we will pass out the cup and the, the worship will go on. And I want you to worship and I want you to hold that, that cup and just say, Lord, what does this mean in my life? And maybe you just pray it out loud and we'll go from there. Amen. So if we finish early, we finish early, but I doubt it. So worship team, come on up. Gary and Bill, come on up. Let's pray. Father, we just want to praise you and thank you right now, Lord. As we enter into this time of communion, I ask that, God, you would lead us and guide us right now. I pray for our people right now tonight, Lord, that you would truly, Lord, let your spirit fall upon them. Lord, take away any fear, any, any kind of concern that they might have right now, Lord God, that they might be able just to trust you, Lord, just to worship, just to bow down before you. Lord, they, they have been forgiven for so much. Lord, I pray that they would be thankful that we get to partake in communion tonight, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just loose their tongues, Lord. That you would just, just take away any inhibition that they might have to be able to thank you tonight, Lord. Not to thank anybody in this room or nothing like that, Lord, but their, their focus would be you. And so please, Lord, let your spirit fall upon my people, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name.